Some Minneapolis residents say a nearby homeless encampment has been allowed to destroy their neighborhood, and they have the pictures and video to prove it. Their months-long battle with Minneapolis City Hall is next. David Marcourt is my guest, a 30-year-plus Minneapolis resident, I understand. But, David, thank you so much for joining me to talk about what is really just, just a mess for your neighborhood. It really is, Liz, and thank you for having me. I, uh, like, like you mentioned, I've lived in that house and renovated it and been there for, it would be 31 years this October. And uh, I've never seen it this bad in Minneapolis even during the riots, I would say it wasn't this bad. If you could just set the scene for us a little bit, David, talk about where you live and how long this has been allowed to, to go on. Yeah, I, I live in South Minneapolis, uh, 3,100 block a second. The encampment is not a block away underneath the 35W bridge. It's been going on for about 18 months, and it took six months for MnDOT to do anything at all. Clear it out, clean up the garbage, and they brought some Jersey barriers thinking that would help keep them from coming back because there were tents and everything and and uh, the Jersey barriers were not close enough together so they put tents in between them and so then they came back months later and did it again but this time they added Jersey barriers but these ones were full of water so what do you think happened the, and I guess there's a shortage of Jersey, Jersey barriers the the homeless people moved them and I, you know I used the word homeless but because they are but they're homeless because they are addicted to various substances, obviously. Some of it's meth, some of it's fentanyl. I think fentanyl is probably the biggest culprit under there. Every day we find needles in our yards. It's just not fun living that way. You said that uh, this location is particularly attractive uh, for the these addicts because of the freeway ramps, the ability to, to panhandle in that, that neighborhood uh, to, to feed the addiction, essentially. That is exactly what's going on. And then there's also that industry of a bike chop shop. They steal bikes from all over the neighborhood. We see them disassembling them and taking the parts that are worth something, and the rest of them lay there until somebody comes and cleans them up. The last time Mindac came out and cleaned it out, within an hour, people were back. Nothing had changed. Nobody accepted treatment. It's just not being addressed properly. And why does Mindac have to be addressing that? It's because our mayor doesn't treat it as a public health issue. He treats it as a regulatory issue. Regulatory services is in charge, and it's actually a public health issue. You know, most recently, a week ago, MnDOT constructed an iron fence to keep people out of that space, and so far that has worked, but then they just moved a few blocks away to where the Wells Fargo Bank was uh, on Nicollet before it got burnt down in the riots. So, it, so essentially uh, just pushed all of these people uh, out into the neighborhood uh, even even more. And I know that your neighbors, uh, you yourself also have a lot of uh, video pictures uh, of correct. what this has done uh, to your neighborhood. But explain that a bit more, what you have been able to witness over the last year. And this video, frankly, is, is quite infuriating uh, it is. to watch. It is. And just about everybody has cameras now. You are currently being recorded. We can pick up just about everything and know which one of them is doing what. There's one lady that steals mail on a regular basis. She'll walk up and down the sidewalk just stealing everybody's mail, ripping it open, stealing packages, and nothing happens. Supposedly, the police are looking into it and, and they have a case on it. But why does it continue? I mean, if 
if they've got the video, I don't understand why nothing's happening. Isn't it supposed to be a federal crime to steal mail? Well, in fact, David, you shared with me one letter from a neighbor to the city that happened in July, but she says that she's seen these women selling the contents of their packages uh, on Lake Street, and then her identity has been stolen as well. Uh, someone tried to collect unemployment using her social security number, and she says her yard has been used as a community bathroom after living 19 years in this beautiful old history house she plans to sell and leaves. Very blunt, you know, trying to bring this to the, the city's attention. Seems like they they know about it. And, and David, you yourself even go to report uh, a mail theft associated uh, with the this encampment. But talk about what happens when, when you do so. When you make a report and nothing happens. Nothing happens when you call 911 either, quite frankly. It's just being completely ignored. I think the people in the camps are essentially above the law because if I did any of that stuff, I know what would happen to me. And the mail theft and the, and the package theft, it isn't because they're hungry or something like that. There was one box just this past week that was discovered you know, because they, they dump the whatever they don't want out of it and the torn box. There was food in there and none of that was taken. David, you go to report this to police and they're not they're not even there. That's correct. We're just a couple blocks from the 5th Precinct building, so it's not like the police don't know what's going on under the bridge. And you go over there and last week there was a sign posted in the door that says the building is closed today due to staffing issues. So what do you do? Before this interview, I did reach out uh, to a city spokesperson in Minneapolis for their response. They have this page that spokesperson directed me to that says homeless responses listed there. But you can read about the city's ongoing efforts to humanely support unsheltered individuals, as it says. But then I was really uh, taken aback by reading all the things that property owners uh, should do. But you need to uh, hire private security, it says, uh, to monitor the site. They suggest that. Once the property is cleared, it says we encourage you to fence it and secure it so that unsheltered individuals do not return. And then they go ahead and list a bunch of fence contractors that operate in Minneapolis for you to go ahead and reach out to and pay for, obviously. But it really seems that the city isn't taking much responsibility, and it's up to you, the homeowner. The city has abdicated their responsibility, and they've gone to great lengths, like you just spelled out, to make it our responsibility rather than do their job. And we've had discussions with council members, we've had discussions with the department at the city that's in charge of unhoused people, as they say. Yes, they're unhoused, but it's all about addiction. And the mayor won't talk to us. Hennepin County has talked with us a little bit and probably had something to do with the fence getting accelerated. But it's there's really nobody to go to that's taking ownership of the issue. It's frustrating. It's no way to live. And speaking of the mayor, Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry ran his 2017 campaign saying he would end homelessness in five years in the city. Of course, we know that deadline has now passed. But what are your thoughts on his uh, so-called leadership uh, on this issue? Treating it as a regulatory issue is is definitely not working. And there's resources available from Hennepin County. There's resources from the state. It's just not being taken seriously. There's too many people on the council that are more concerned about the people in the encampments than they are the people that have to live around them. And what they call concern is not what I would call concern. I mean, they're proposing ordinances, like Jason Chavez proposed an ordinance to protect the property of people in the encampments when the encampments are moved. Hennepin County says that they have 2,700 unhoused people each night in in that county, but it does almost seem to be this uh, whack-a-mole approach they take 
um, to to these encampments that we've seen again and again. But it, it has been allowed to continue uh, around your neighborhood for for such a long time. I mean, there's other ways to deal with it. Metro Transit has managed to keep the transit station one block away clear. So why don't some of these other governmental units get involved with Metro Transit and learn what's working? Now I know that some of the trains are not working. They've become homeless shelters, but they have to come up with a new approach. I mean, Minneapolis is becoming unlivable. So many people I know are leaving. Don't think that the spike in crime isn't related. The lack of public safety goes back to the whole defund the police. There's ways to supplement the work that police do for mental health, that kind of thing. But right now we've got a void. Did you ever in your 30 plus years in Minneapolis, I mean, obviously that's a long time and you have seen a lot um, over those years, but did you ever think you'd be you'd be seeing all of this play out basically in your, your front yard every day? No, I did not. I uh, Minneapolis, I always considered to be fairly well run, you know, for a city its size. And it was, and it was generally safe and generally clean. It was a fun place to live for many, many years. And probably about six or seven years ago is when I started seeing it slip. And then, of course, with the riots and whatnot, it went from slipping to falling. If you're willing to, to share, do you plan to stay in, in the city? I am not going to say I'm one of the people that's going to leave. This ultimately will be the thing that, that forces you from, from the home, from the neighborhood that you loved for so long. Yeah, and I renovated that house. It was vacant and boarded when I got it. It was, you know, and it had been for three years. It was a foreclosure, and I spent years restoring it, not just putting it back together, but making it look like it's supposed to look. And I never thought I would leave, especially under these circumstances, but... I'm not just leaving Minneapolis, I'm leaving Hennepin County. Well, we appreciate your honesty so much, uh, David Marcourt. Speaking up is, is so important, so we certainly wish you the best uh, moving forward. Thank you. And that will do it for this episode of Liz Collin Reports. We'll see you next time.